I don't want to set the world on fire. Gaming. Gaming never changes. Some people might talk about electronics. Some people might talk about VR. But even back in the days, no electricity, candles, long, long before anything else, gaming never changes. Welcome to Spitball Unplugged. I've been having trouble trying to work myself up to doing this, and I'm still not 100% sure that this is going to pan out the way I want it to, but I've been building myself up to this for so long, I figure I might as well go ahead with it. So... Luke and I have talked several times on the cast about uh, the board game that I've been working on, and I thought that it might be good to uh, put out a cast about sort of what inspired it, where it came from, how all of it sort of uh, sprang into motion, and sort of, you know, the story of why it came to be, what it came to be, how I kind of did some of the stuff, all that sort of stuff, my my design ethics, my ethos, that sort of thing. Um, this is kind of a hard thing for me, you know, um, you might not get this impression from uh, listening to me and Luke on, on the general cast. For me, actually doing some of this is kind of strange getting out there and, and putting some of this out. As I was trying to put some notes together for this, I realized, you know, for somebody who a lot of people consider me a pragmatist, but I don't tend to think about a lot about the how of, of doing things. Uh, I tend to think a lot about the, the what's and the why's and the things I want to evoke out of a player more so than I think about how to go about doing that. So talking about the process for me is is somewhat difficult and trying to figure out a way to explain some of these things are difficult. So I've sort of been a little bit nervous about going out and doing this, but since we have the Granite Games Summit coming up in a couple of days where we'll be showing off the game for the first time, I just said, I really, I've been dancing around it for several weeks. Uh, so here I go. Uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, that's the name of my band and sort of, you know, the hows and whys, or it's mostly the whys and, and some of the whats, because like I said, I can't necessarily talk a lot about the hows. Anyway, so that's the name of my band is a quick pitch card game that can be played in where, in which a round is about 30 seconds. Uh, one player is the record executive. He will be supplying the players with the type of song that he is looking for, say, uh, something for a gallbladder surgery commercial or uh, a song to use at his aunt's funeral, who he really kind of hated, or uh, the that song that you don't want anybody to know that you secretly really love, that kind of thing. And then each person will, from their hand of cards... Uh, make a band name and then come up with the name of the song that band is uh, well known for. And then the record executive will pick the song that he thinks most accurately fits the purpose of the song that he's looking for. Starting in uh, March, on March 23rd of uh, 2018, uh, actually during one of the, the second or third uh, River Charity Blossom uh, event, uh, I had been fighting one of the Toho bosses named Clown Peace, and I had gotten mad, and I remember shouting the phrase Rage Against the Clown Peace uh, at Luke, my uh, co-host, obviously, and finding that so funny that I just kept screaming it for, well, not screaming, because you know, I live in an apartment complex, but, you know, shouting, yelling it for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and from there... It sort of grew. I'd, I'd had something in the back of my mind anyway, which is while I can really respect uh, Cards Against Humanity, I really don't like playing it. And I don't like playing it with, and, I, and a lot of people I know don't like playing it 
Um, Cards Against Humanity is fine, and I and I understand its purpose, right? Like, it's a it's a social lubricant. It's basically, you know, the alcohol. Cards Against Humanity is the drinking game of party games, right? It's a safe. It is a safe structure in which to facilitate the breaking of taboos. You know, in the same way that when you're playing a drinking game like beer pong, it's not quote unquote my fault that I'm getting drunk. You know, I lost the game. Cards Against Humanity gives people a excuse to say things that are rude and dirty and offensive, but nobody can really be upset about it because it's not their fault, right? You know, it's it's the cards. But I'm an adult, and just as I don't need to play games to have an excuse to drink alcohol, I don't need to play a game to have an excuse to say something rude or dirty. If I want to say something rude, I'm very capable of saying something rude. I'm also very capable of not getting offended by people saying things that are rude, because, you know, that's part of what being an adult is, is is learning how to roll with that. So while I understand why Cards Against Humanity is big, and I understand why it's popular in places like college campuses... I don't enjoy it, and I think a lot of people don't enjoy it for the same reason, which is the fun is based around, like we, like I said, you know, the fun of, of Cards Against Humanity is the fact that it gives you this opportunity to violate social taboos such as it is. But beyond that, there's nothing interesting about that game, really. My, my, my argument is, and it kind of always has been, that the same effect that you get from Cards Against Humanity can basically be achieved by pulling two cards off the deck, you know, white card, a black card off the top of the deck at random and just reading them. Creativity is not the point of the game because in many ways, creativity stifles the real purpose of the game, which is to be rude and offensive. And there is no creativity. There's no cleverness involved in taking two bad taking two naughty words and putting them together. Randomized solitary play or randomized group play, because there's no interest, you know, there's nothing interesting about that game, solitaire. Uh, But, you know, randomized group play is basically the same as it would be in other, you know, is equally as entertaining as, you know, reasoned and intentional play. Picking two cards off the top of the deck is just as fun as, as picking a card off the top of the deck and trying to find the best match to appeal to the judge, right? Like, you're still going to get 80% of as much of a laugh out of it because it's still going to be something weird and, un- and awkward and, un- and uncomfortable. Um, and there's a similar problem with, you know, and this isn't sole, this isn't solely two cards against humanity. I mean, apples to apples has a similar issue. I actually think it's a little bit better simply because it does require a little more work if you want to be rude and offensive with it. But there are plenty of ways to be inane and uninteresting. Um, and make weird mismatched things without really even being intentional. And to me, that seems like a weakness. That is a mismatch of what the game thinks it's about versus what the game is actually about. And, and this isn't anything special or, or surprising, right? Like, I, I'm certainly not the only person who has spoken out against Cards Against Humanity over the years. And I'm certainly not the only person who's ever talked about the concept of mismatch of, of games purpose versus you know, intention versus purpose. But in my case, I had a solution for how to deal with it because my feeling is that the fun of social games should be enjoying being social with other people. And that's, again, nothing surprising, but it gave me an, it gave me a position to work from. 
So, you know, when, when we started, uh, that's the name of my band, we kind of had five goal. I, I kind of had five goals in mind. Uh, number one was to make reasoned play, not just well, a more interesting, but be a necessity, a game that could not be played solitaire, a game that could not be played without a human element, but it had to be. So to do that, it had to require more buy-in and, and, and to challenge both the players and judges a little bit more than a game that required you to simply to just simply be turning over cards. That said, it still needed to be simple and friendly enough to work as a good icebreaker or a break between things. You know, it had to be a game that you could play with people who weren't necessarily game savvy, which I mean is one of the big appeals of Cards Against Humanity is, is people can play it even with people who quote unquote hate board games, which is a whole other discussion. That's the name of my band. I wanted it to be a game that anybody could pick up and play and figure out within 45 seconds, within, within one, within one turn. Similarly, because it's an icebreaker, because it's a break game, it needed to be chronologically extensible. It needed to be a game that could be played in either 10 seconds or 10 minutes or two hours. You know, it needs, it needed to go as long as people were having fun and it needed to stop while people were still having fun. Uh, and last, you know, the thing about being clever is it makes people laugh. Cleverness is funny or, or cleverness. Cleverness is exciting and being exciting is and, and excitedness and humor are parallels in my mind. So all five of those needed to exist. How does that fit within this concept of the goals of, of that's the name of my band? And the first goal was to make reason to play more interesting. And we did that by making sure that you can't just play this game solitaire. You need other, you need other people around because the judge has, has a role. He's not just flipping over something that he's going to be judging on you. He's actually making up the judging or she, he or she is making up the judging criteria themselves. The players aren't just taking their band names from the cards. They are taking their band names from the cards, but then they're making up the song names themselves. It requires human beings to play the game. It can't just be made themselves. Uh, the second part is we're challenging both the players and the judge. The players have to come up with their version of their song name. The judge has to come up with his own judge, his or her own judging criteria. Perfect. Works out great. Nobody, nobody is left out. And again, I mean, one of the, one of the really sad things about Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples and, the, and even, even pitching type games like, uh, Channel A, which is a game that I have on my shelf and never pull out is, the judge doesn't have to do anything. The judge just has to judge. But part of the thing about being exciting, you know, like I said, the thing about being a social game is everybody should be allowed to be involved. Nobody's left out of conversations. Well, I mean, they are. But, you know, in, in a conversation, people are encouraged to all participate and everybody has different points of view and different perspectives. And likewise, judges should have be allowed to bring their own perspective to bear. And I think this is a really good way to do that. Everybody knows what music is. Everybody knows what kind of music they like. Everybody knows what kind of music they don't like. Everybody can make up a parody of a band off the top of their head. If you hear somebody say grunge nostril, you know, that's probably some sort of a rock band. And if somebody says, 
Gatfist, you know, that's probably a rap group. And if somebody says, I don't know, Blue Moon Pancakes, you know, that's probably like, that's probably a country band of some sort, right? Like, that's probably the kind of music they would play. People have a, it is something that rings true to the average person's ear. It's something that everybody has experience with. You don't need to be skilled at it, but everybody has a perspective on it. So it's perfect as an icebreaker. It's perfect as a short game. Everybody understands the concept of music. Everybody understands the concept of funny parody bands. Likewise, everybody has their own perspective and it makes it great as, a, as an icebreaker because you can find out what kind, you know, if I were to say to somebody, what's a band that you'd feel awkward about people finding out you have on your iPad? Well, now people will give you, if you're lucky, people will actually give you the kind of band that they might feel guilty if you knew they had on their iPad on their iPod. And now you know something about that person that you didn't know before. It's a great icebreaker. Um, next, uh, the fourth goal is to be chronologically extensible. And the way that I got around this is, and this is something that I'd had in my mind since I started, uh, and was lucky enough to be pointed on the right direction on it by a couple of other, uh, designers or, or to narrow down the exact specifics. But, uh, I wanted a game that ended when the majority of players were done. And so that's exactly what we did. Any, pl any player at any time could say, I'm not having fun anymore. And if more than half of the group says, yeah, neither am I, game's over. The game ends when the players are done with it. And that is perfect. It, it fits that rule to a T, right? Leave while everybody's still having fun. You know, leave, leave them laughing as, as the, as the old saying goes. And speaking of leaving them laughing, that is the last thing. I have never man I have never pulled out this game and gone a full round without somebody starting to laugh. It is a thing that instantly pulls out comedy. And for me, that's the thing that makes this game that has made me keep pulling and pulling and pushing at this game is every time I have pulled it out, every time I have video I have I have some videos recorded, I've written down names. I always walk away from the game from a game that I have played played this with people with at least one band or one song that I had to tell other people about because it was so so funny and most of them weren't mine occasionally they're mine but most of them aren't mine they're things that other players have come up with that are super smart and super funny and that's that's the great thing about a social game right is you get to see other people being awesome and you're enjoying seeing other people being awesome in so many games, somebody else being awesome means you're losing. And a good social game means that when somebody else is being awesome, everybody is winning. And that was my number one goal with That's the Name of My Band, is to make sure that everybody wins when somebody's being cool. And so even even to the scoring track, with the way that, that uh, the game has won, everybody who plays the game has won. Every, everybody who plays the game and has fun is a winner. And I can't think of a better way to end the game. We put in some other scoring rules if, if people want them. But I think for me, that's the that, that's the takeaway is if you walk away from this game and you enjoyed yourself, you're a winner. If everybody walked away and enjoyed themselves, they're all winners. You had fun with your friends and you made each other smarter and you made each other laugh. And it's just a great time. So that said, let's talk a little bit about how I did it because, you know, it's really easy to talk about why. And I did. I could talk a little bit about how I did it, you know, not about myself per se. Here's how I did it. 
I stole from the greats. And I mean that, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, for, first of all, uh, I've been a big fan of Dave Barry, the comedian, the humorous humor columnist, uh, since I was in uh, middle school. So I was about 12 or 13. Uh, I have always thought that Dave Barry is hilarious. Probably, you know, I started thinking he was hilarious because when I was 12 or 13, he wrote a lot about boogers and uh, me being in middle school. I thought a lot about boogers and I thought that was just the height of comedy. As I've grown older over the years, I've come to realize that not only is he good at making at low humor, he's also very good at high humor. He's an incredibly incisive and observational uh, person. He makes some, he has made some very wise insights. And I think it is that ability to see, to try to cut through to the truth that makes his humor very uh, upfront and very, that makes it as sharp as it is. But Dave Barry is big trademark is, you know, I, th- I think Dave Barry's trademark phrase is that would be a great name for a rock band. And so being somebody who thought that that is the greatest, you know, that I have a huge amount of respect for Dave Barry. And so when I had that idea for uh, Rage Against the Con piece, and the first thing I said is, well, that's the name of my band. I said, no, that's, that's the name of my game. And now I have to figure out what to do with this game. Um, so actually, why not steal from a second great person? Um, Max Schaefer of Cards Against Humanity. That's right. While I may not like Cards Against Humanity, I absolutely think that they are worthy of respect. And here's why. Because they've thought about this problem before I got to it. And here's what they do. And this is actually something that uh, Brian Davis talked about years and years and years ago on the uh on a giant bombcast episode where he had gone out to a host a panel. And one of the things that they did when they were starting cards against humanity is they would take one card that they liked and then use that as a test and test other cards against it. Right. So they'd have, you know, I don't know, pick a card, you know, blueprints or something. And then they'd run five or six other cards against it and see, well, are these funny or not? Not really. I don't know. Um, you know, Windmill Full of Corpses is one of their famous ones, right? So, like, Windmill Full of Corpses in the bathtub. Is that funny? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, that sort of thing. And so I took that, and when I was working on That's the Name of My Band, I took that and adapted it to what I call the Bischoff Biscuit Hammer Principle, um, which is that I started off with a dozen or so words that had to work together. And I picked – I specifically – Bischoff, Biscuit, and Hammer were three words that all came about in the same afternoon. Uh, so at that point, I had Rage, Clown Peas, Bischoff, Biscuit, Hammer, and uh, the suffix Talica. Because of course, if you're going to have a because of course, if you're going to have a game about rock bands, you need to have Metallica show up somewhere, right? They they refuse to get out of uh, anything long after they're no longer interesting or relevant. So let's continue to. Uh, Milk that chicken. So originally the game was going to be all just words that were fun and funny to say. So my band, you know, so you'd have the band Bischoff Biscuit Hammer and Bischoff Spaghetti Farm and Spaghetti Biscuits. And actually spaghetti wound up being paired against Talica. So it's Spaghetti ta- spaghetti Talica. Um, it's disturbing putting some of these down because I know what my um, I know what my train of thought that led to some of these are were at the time, and looking back, I worry how many other people might be able to see where my uh, train of thought led me, and I'm 
very concerned about anybody actually trying to psychoanalyze me based on some of this. So I'll just say, uh, Eric Bischoff was a former, uh, writer for WWE and, uh, obviously Hulk Hogan has a pasta restaurant. Um, so that's where I got from Bischoff to spaghetti. I'm not going into any of the others for any of these. Oh yeah. So no, it wasn't spaghetti talica. It was pasta talica and pasta hammer. Uh, beyond that. Yeah. I'm not, uh, Yes, because it was Pasta Mania, and I changed it to Pasta Talica. And from there, the rest is history. So, like I said, I don't want people being able to say who analyze me, so I'm not going to walk you through my train of thought of all of these. But so, like I said, at the time, this started off with this was just going to be a list of words that are funny to say. And we started off with about 250 cards. But here's where design happens, and here's the thing that I didn't actually realize until I started playing the game and testing the game and showing the game. When I start thinking about how a game, what I want a game to be, I start by imagining what a perfect turn would be. Like if a perfect turn happened, what is the look on the player's face going to be? What is the look on the person on the rest of the table's face going to be? And then if I look down at the table, what will have just happened? And so I had that vision in my mind of all these people laughing and looking down and there being something funny on the table. And I thought, okay, that clearly means that all of these words have to be funny. They have to be funny in and of themselves. And so that's what we started with. We had a lot of funny, goofy, absurd words, you know, Farfignugan and Zimbabwe and, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know, Biscuit and Bischoff and Wonder Bread, you know, I don't know, Wonder Bread, I don't know. Pick, pick something, pick words that are funny to say, you know, you can come up with a few of them yourself. Um, but that's not actually that interesting after a while. At, at some point that goes back to the cards against humanity problem, right? Which is if the only fun is just throwing out stupid words and saying goofy phrases, that's not interesting. So I had to learn to let go of my original idea for the game. And learn to see what other people liked. And what other people liked was making up really weird bands and making up bands that seemed sort of close to real and making up bands that were super bizarre. So I left off words that were just funny and went to words that were weird, went to words that were more realistic. You know, I went through and picked up some of the, um, some actual bands. And just started taking words out of some of their names. You know, we pulled in vertical, we pulled in rolling, we pulled in Talica. <laughs> you know, you know, we, I pulled in a bunch of 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 things from bands, things from songs, uh, sixty four, um, all sorts of things. And you know, again, if you if you trace some of them back. If you look at the card list, if you look at the old card list, which maybe I'll put online someday, you could probably track where I got some of these and how I, how I arrived from one to another. You know, Golden Goose, I think is, is one that I look back on. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I know where that came from. So at one point we had to, we, so we started with 250 cards and over time we expanded to about 700 cards, you know, slowly pulling in cards, slowly pulling in cards, slowly adding cards, slowly adding cards. But there's two problems with 700 cards. Uh, one, that is way too expensive for anybody to print. Um, 
Yes, I, I, I know Apples to Apples is, has more than 700 cards. Apples to Apples is a large imprint and they have a lot of money. Uh, we don't and printing costs are expensive. So we could not afford to print 700 cards. The other problem is if we're being honest, it's hard to come up with 700 perfect words. And going back through that list, I discovered that not all of them are winners. Uh, some of them are very good. Some of them are incredible. Some of them are not that great. So we had the 700 words. Um, and then this is part one of my favorite nights. Luke and I, uh, so Luke was doing the art. I was doing uh, everything else. And so there was a night where Luke and I went through and we decided that we were going to put, um, if you look at the, at the game and I'll, I'll, I'll put up some pictures on the, we put up a couple pictures on the site. We'll put up a couple more. Um, so the back has this awesome, uh, rendered amp uh, with the title of the band on the back and that's our title of the game on the back. And that's super cool. And then the front each has a word, uh, in a different font with, with a nice, um, amp looking border. Um, and so each, the words, we divided the words into 12 different groups and each group had its own different font. There was like uh, hair metal, jazz, country, hip hop, etc. And so one of my, probably my favorite night of the whole, of this whole thing was uh, Luke and I sitting down one day uh, over, over Skype or Steam chat or whatever it was over Skype, let's say, and going through every single word in that list and saying, all right, what? What genre does this word evoke? You know, Tuesday is Tuesday a jazz word or a rock word or a country word or a blues word. Tuesday, I think that's more of a bluesy word. No, Monday is a bluesy word. Tuesday is more of a hip hop word. And Wednesday and Friday is a rock word. And, you know, I don't think any of the dates actually, days actually, the days of the week even actually made it into the game. But essentially that, you know, Talica is clearly rock and Guns is clearly hip hop and, and, uh, Tchaikovsky is clearly classical, right? You know, those kinds of things. Somehow Tchaikovsky made it into the game. I'm still not sure about that one, but I love Tchaikovsky and, uh, I have carte blanche and uh, what gets in and what doesn't, right? So there you go. I love Tchaikovsky, Swan Lake for life. Boom. Uh, if, if you haven't listened to Swan Lake recently, go out and do yourself a favor. Go listen to some Swan Lake. It's great. Um, but so, yeah, so that was something that I really had to learn was, well, th there were two things that I had to learn there. One is be willing to let go, both of what you think the game actually is and of what you think is great about your game. You know, I thought that the big, broad deck of these 700 cards was one of the the great things about this game. It's got more cards than any of these other games. But not all of those cards is winners. And so we cut the game back down to 200 best cards. I'd still, you know, at some point, if if, if we get lucky, I'd, I'd still like to maybe expand that out to 300, 350. You know, later on down the line, once we've managed to put out one and, and, and get some, hopefully get some money out of this, you know, and, and get some people to buy them and, and we have some money to move forward. I'd absolutely love to do another run with uh, with some, you know, the expansion pack because I think there are absolutely more words that would be awesome to add to this game, but not all seven hundred. And uh, even some, even even if we did, I'd probably add some different words than were even in some of than even some of the seven hundred we had, um, because the game has changed. It's not what it was originally, um, and that's fine. And the other thing that I really learned is that throughout this whole game. 
is that it's really important to know what it is that you want, even if you don't know what you actually want. Um, which is to say that it is very important to have, even if you can't necessarily capture and express, uh, your vision at the time that you are currently working on it, you need even if you can't express your vision and even if you don't necessarily know what you actively want, you need to know enough about what your vision is to know when it's not what you want. Um, or, or to put it another way, I guess, like when I was dealing with Luke with the art style, I need, I couldn't necessarily say, yeah, I, I want the back to look like a PV amp. Um, I want it to look like a PV amp with a rendered style and a glossy front and, and, and a black border. But I needed to know enough to say that, yes, I want it to look like, I want it to somehow look rock based. And I don't want it to look rock based like, you know, a, a band name. I want it to look like a piece of rock, like, like an amp or something. And I needed to know enough to say that, Yes, the, the, the comedy words aren't right, but I can't just scrap this whole coming up with the songs yourself. So I think when you're in the middle of a project, it can be very tempting when you're in the middle of a project and you're starting to get a little bit discouraged about it and things aren't working right to say, maybe, maybe I just need to go back to the drawing board and scrap everything. And absolutely, sometimes you do. But I think it's really important to be able to know the difference between I should go back to the drawing board and scrap everything. And no, I'm on the right path here. I just need to tinker with it a little bit. And having that self-confidence, A, having the self-confidence is important, but B, having that vision, <clears throat> that vision about exactly what you want, you know, even if you can't necessarily express it, even if you can't say, this is exactly how I want this to look, you need to be able to say, well, I know this isn't how I want this to look, so please try it again. And with that... You know, I think that's probably where I want to leave it is I think designing has certainly not been the most, it is certainly not the most difficult thing I have ever done. Um, but it's probably one of the coolest and I'm very proud of it. And I think I'd like to leave people with that sort of inspiration if I can, that if you have that thing in your mind and you have that vision, go for it and try to capture it because you, you may wind up with something at the end of it that you say, you like me look back and say, this is awesome, but make sure that you have that vision and make sure that you have the strength to stick to it. Um, and if you don't ask for help because, uh, maybe you'll get lucky and somebody else will love you out there to, to help you with it as well. Um, I will certainly say I have not done this by myself. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to have many people who have played it. Obviously I was fortunate enough to have Luke, uh, help me with. Uh, the artwork and much of the testing and, you know, I've had people who've given me good advice and inspiration and just people who've made awesome things that I want to, uh, to participate in. So I'm really proud of that's the name of my band. Um, and I don't know how to close this the same way that I didn't really know how to open this because there's a lot to say and I don't really know how else to end it. So I'm just going to say, Hey, uh, if you liked this show and you have anything to say about it, please let me know. Uh, you can reach me at uh, spitball.sessions at uh, gmail.com, S-P-I-T-B-A-L-L dot S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S at gmail.com. Uh, I'd be happy for any thoughts, input, or uh, if you would like to sign up to hear more about the game uh, when we possibly reach uh, the stage where we'll be able to publish it um, officially. 
Otherwise, um, tune back in next week or in a couple of days, and we will have our uh, next actual jam session. And if you've made it this far, thank you for tuning in. And uh, I hope you, too, can find the thing that you were wanting to make and make it. Till next time. Good night, all. Good night.